When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I am Derek Williams, and I'm excited to be here with you guys today. It's just me today. I wanted to share some things that have been kind of personal growth areas for me. And part of that has been a result of what I've gone through in coaching and how it's led me to look at some other areas of my practice and my life. So let me give a little bit of background and follow up on some previous things, and then I'll get into today's topic. So a while back, I had Dr. Melanie Villalobos on the show, and we had a great episode. It brought out some great perspectives, in my opinion, the biggest of which is a tool that you can use in your leadership. And maybe we could call this tool the best case, worst case scenario tool. And that is that when you go through life, you should be thinking through the worst case scenario and have a plan for it. Then you should also move forward doing whatever possible to make things work out to reach the best case scenario. So again, you've come up with a best case and a worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is, okay, if this happens, here's our plan. Here's how we're going to work through it. And then we look at the best case scenario and see, okay, is there anything that we can do to make this more likely to happen? When you take action with both of these scenarios in mind, it allows you to be confident during the process and to be a better leader. Let me share an example. I was recently talking with a client. She has a front desk that has had less than stellar performance and we're looking at changing things. Her first impression is that she's going to have to fire the front desk and find someone new. She has a second front desk that she really likes and thinks that she could take things on possibly, but she doesn't understand all the tasks as well. So we use this tool as a way to evaluate the situation. I asked her what was the worst case scenario. She said, well, that I fire her or she quits and then I have to figure out a lot of the front desk stuff because I don't have anyone that can take on all of her duties. I said, okay, how do you think that will go? And she said, well, it will suck. I'll probably have to spend more time helping get them up to par, find some training for them. And she started talking through it and she said, well, it'll take time, but we'll get through it. And I said, yeah, I, I agree. And I said, you'll probably come out on the other end stronger now that you will have had a better understanding of the systems as well. When she processed this and kind of thought through it, it gave her a lot of confidence that she could move forward and do what needed to be done. Even in that exact moment when we were having the conversation, she thought, you know what? Oh, okay. This is the worst case scenario. I, yeah, I, I guess I could deal with that. Then when I asked her what the best case scenario was, she said that the best case scenario would be that her front desk would step it up and start doing things better. And so we came up with a plan to try and get that to take place. And the plan was to give the front desk a bit of an ultimatum and let her know what changes we need to see from her in order to make things work. If we're not able to make things work, she'll need to find work elsewhere and we'll need to find a replacement. But we want to provide support for the front desk. 
We want to see things through and make our best efforts to reach the best case scenario. So with this client, in the past, she had been so worried about the worst case scenario that she lacked the confidence to follow through with any kind of ultimatum. Now, having worked through that and understanding that she'll come out stronger on the other end, no matter what happens, best case or worst case scenario, she has the confidence to do what needs to be done. So the next time that you find yourself in a tough spot, pull out this tool and use it to evaluate your situation. Write down your best case and your worst case scenarios and decide how you will move forward in both of those. So that's my follow-up for today. Now I want to get into the new stuff. The reason why I brought up my episode with Melanie earlier is because in that episode, I shared how I pointed out to her that I believed she was an optimist, but she had always perceived herself as being more of a pessimistic person because she thought of so much of the worst case scenario. Since that episode, I've had people reach out to me and share thoughts about themselves, whether or not they're optimistic or pessimistic. And it has led me to a little bit down this kind of rabbit hole of research and looking into things. I have always believed that we have a lot of control over whether or not we choose to see life through pessimistic or optimistic eyes. But I've been doing a lot of research on this topic lately, and that's what I want to share with you today. There was new research that came out this year. Neuroscience researchers at Queen's University in Ontario, Canada. They were able to read brain activity and to discriminate one thought from another when one thought ends and another begins. And they found that on average, we have about 6,000 thoughts per day. Many psychologists in the past have estimated that on average, 95% of our thoughts are the same day to day. So out of my 6,000 thoughts that I have today, 95% of them are going to be the same as those thoughts that I had yesterday. Another estimate that psychologists have made is that 80% of an average person's thoughts are negative. 80%. I thought that was just astounding. There's a reason for this, evolutionarily speaking. Typically, focusing on the negative things is going to help you to stay more alert It's going to motivate you to prepare for danger that may be out there, realize that you're hungry and that you need food, look out for predators, whatever. But in my opinion, things are different now. We have eliminated the majority of those problems that have been around for thousands of years. So we still might have threats in our life, and it's necessary to have these kinds of thoughts at times, but they are by far the exception and not the rule. So the big question is, Are we doomed to continue this trend of negative thoughts occupying our thought processes, or do we have control? Can we change? Luckily, the answer is yes, we do have control. The tough part of this answer is that, like most things, it takes work. It's not like you just flip a light switch and you choose to become an optimist. That would be wishful thinking. It's actually more like going to the gym. Only those that go to the gym consistently are going to be stronger and more fit. If you struggle truly making it a habit, the effects are not going to last and you likely won't get results that you want. Well, it's the same here. If we've got 6,000 thoughts per day, then each day, if we can replace some of those negative ones with positive, we're on our way. 
We're not going to do it in one day, but if we can change 50 of those thoughts per day, that's a great start. And guess what? Remember how I said that 95% of our thoughts are similar day to day. What that means is that if I'm practicing every day to transform those negative thoughts into positive ones, it means that the more I practice, the more automatic that it's going to become. If I can change 50 per day, after several weeks, I've got several hundred that I've transformed and converted over into positive thoughts. Let's run through a couple of different quote unquote tools that we can use to make this transformation and catch ourselves in the moment. One tool is whenever you catch yourself in a negative thought, find three positive things to pair with it. Second tool is to see negatives as opportunities for growth. And the last tool is to practice gratitude throughout the day. So let me give a common scenario. We'll run through a couple different ideas here. Let's say that we're doing an extraction and we break off a root tip that's going to take a little bit more time to remove. My normal thoughts might go something like this. Why did this have to happen right now? I'm already running behind. Man, I should have just referred this out. Maybe I should just start referring more extractions out. This patient probably doesn't even appreciate what I'm doing. Uh, I'm not getting paid enough for this. Dentistry just sucks sometimes, right? Has anyone gone through those thoughts before? I know I have several times. And think about it. Your brain is going through all of these thoughts while you're reaching for the root tip pick, handpiece or whatever, and you're still working. So it's easy to see how we have 6,000 thoughts per day. So let's look at these tools and see how it might play out if we were able to recognize that in the moment. It might go something like this. Yeah, the root tip breaks. Our initial reaction, wow, why did this have to happen right now? I hate it when this happens. So you're still going to have your initial reaction likely. The goal of using these tools and going through these exercises is not to change your gut response. It's to recognize it and then change the trajectory after that. So maybe after the root tip breaks and we have our initial reaction, we then realize it and we say, okay, I'm going to think of three positives to combat this negative thought. And it's not like you're just going to say, oh, I'm happy that the sky is blue today and it's nice outside. You know, you're not thinking of three random positive things. You need to think of three positive things that are going to combat this specific negative thought. So for example, in this situation with the broken root tip, here are three. I'm glad that I have a handpiece. I'm glad that I have the instruments that I need to remove this. Man, I'm glad that this patient is being very great to work with. I'm grateful that I have an assistant to help me on this. It would be a lot tougher on my own. None of those are amazing, life-changing statements. But what happens when we do that is that we're starting to alter our perception of what happens around us. When done on a frequent basis, it can definitely be amazing and life-changing, though. If we could get more in a habit of carrying out this exercise on a regular basis, we would become happier, more easygoing, less stressed, less likely to take home work with us, and more likely to just enjoy our time with our family and friends. It's a small change, but drastic effects. And I experienced this a couple weeks ago. Like I said, I've been studying and I'm kind of trying to learn more about this in the last few weeks. A few weeks ago, I had a busy day. I was feeling a little bit stressed. I hadn't had time to go to the bathroom. I ran to the bathroom and I get in there and I'm just thinking, oh, I'm so, I'm so stressed right now that the schedule's packed. We're a little bit behind. And I started thinking that. And I recognized in the moment the negative thoughts that I was having. and. I stopped myself and I said, okay, I'm going to start 
thinking through this differently. And I thought of three positives. I thought, I am grateful that I have this demand. I'm grateful that these patients are here and that they want to see me out of all the other offices around. I'm glad that I have such a good staff that are really staying on top of things and trying to help us to work through this as much as possible. So just very quickly in that moment, it changed my whole perspective. I went back out, I felt more calm and refreshed and I worked through the rest of the day and it ended up being a great day. And I continued to practice that over the next week or so. And the last few weeks have been a lot. I generally consider myself as not feeling a whole lot of stress, but they've been even more enjoyable being in the office, which has been a really cool change for me. So that's tool number one, is to try and combat the negative thoughts with positive thoughts. The second tool that I mentioned is to see negative thoughts as an opportunity to grow. One of my very favorite books is titled The Obstacle is the Way by author Ryan Holiday. This book has helped thousands of people reframe the way that they see challenges in their life. It's had a huge impact in sports with many championship teams reading this book and implementing its philosophies. The key here is to look at the negative events and see them as opportunities. This is exactly what entrepreneurs do, right? They look at a problem and instead of just seeing the problem, they figure out a way that they can create a solution and make things better. So in the situation with the broken root tip, maybe we can evaluate later and see if there's anything that we could have done differently to avoid it. We're using the root tip as an opportunity to improve our technique and get better results in the future. So maybe I evaluate and decide that I probably put too much pressure on that tooth because I was running behind and felt like I was in a hurry. So then I'm able to remember that in the future and I'm able to have more patience. Maybe I was doing okay, but I really should have sectioned the tooth. I can take that and learn from it. I'm using that experience to grow and I can feel that I'm making progress before I've actually done anything differently. So that's tool number two, to use obstacles as keys and opportunities to increase your performance. One thing that's really interesting to me is I don't remember where I read it, but I read that optimists and pessimists see things very differently, but it's not that optimists are just more naturally happy and go lucky. It's that optimists tend to see things in a different perspective. When they see external circumstances and things around them, they see things through a creator perspective. They see things in a way that they believe that they can have an impact on what's going on around them versus the pessimist view tends to see himself or herself as a victim, thinking that they don't have an opportunity to influence what's going on. They don't have the creator mentality. So let's go on to the last tool. Number three, I recently read Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect. And I shared this on our Facebook group. And it sounds like there's several of you that have read it as well. And this book really made me reevaluate my time that I spend each day and to to really be intentional about it. If I had to break up every minute of my day and break it into categories, would I really be happy with the results? If I say that these are my goals and this is what I want to do in life, is the way that I'm spending my time, does that really reflect those goals? So I went through this exercise and after going through it, 
I realized that I was spending too much time on social media. And so I set up a plan for what I would replace much of this with. But there were still several times throughout the day when I only had, you know, 30 or 60 seconds at different times where it's just too easy to pull out your phone and look at it and start swiping and looking at different things. I wasn't sure what to do with these random times. And after studying optimism, I found the answer. My answer was that at those times of day when I only have a small amount of time and I feel triggered to reach for my phone, I will simply resist the urge and I will begin to mentally run through things that I'm grateful for in my life during that day. If you wanted to do it differently, you could also just set an alarm to remind you at specific times during the day that you could do this. No matter when, if you can get in the habit of daily intentional gratitude, this will change the moments in between, shifting your mindset from mostly negative to mostly positive. One other thing that I've tried to implement this tool is by simply saying thank you at different times. And when I say that, I don't mean that I'm saying thank you to other people and I'm looking for how to say thank you to staff or patients or other people around me, which all that's very good. But what I'm talking about is just almost subconsciously or consciously in my mind, I'm saying thank you. And I just start saying thank you. My mom taught me when I was younger that if I was feeling down or not feeling great, she taught me that I could just simply smile and that it would trick my brain into making me think that I was happy and I would all of a sudden become happier. And I used that tool throughout my life and it works. Try it. If you're listening to this right now, go ahead and just smile. I'm doing it. <laughs> See, I mean, even right now I smile and you could probably hear a little bit of a difference in my voice, but it gives me more energy. And I think that that can probably apply for everyone. But in that same way that I've used that tool in my life, when I have simply at different times during the day, just said, thank you. It's like, it tricks my mind into being grateful and seeing positive things around me. There've been times where I think, man, I'm not grateful for anything right now. You know, things are not going the way that I want to. And I just start saying, thank you. And all of a sudden my brain, it's like, I'm forcing my brain to find things that I'm thankful for. And it's been really cool to go through that. So let's review these tools. The first point that I wanted to remind you is that optimism is a choice. We have 6,000 thoughts per day that go through our mind. We don't become optimistic overnight, but we work and change a few of those thoughts each day to make drastic changes over the long term. So now let's review the tools. Tool number one is that if we can begin to recognize the negative thoughts and we can combat them by purposefully bringing in positive thoughts, we can change the trends. Tool number two is to begin to recognize challenges or obstacles, but we recognize them as opportunities. If you will allow them to be, they can be doors that open you up to a better way of practicing, a better way of life, challenge you to figure out solutions to things. And tool number three is to practice intentional gratitude during the day, whether you want to in the morning, evening, at meals, or like me when you're triggered to reach for your phone, or times when you're not feeling and you just want to say thank you and start to practice that intentional gratitude. That's the last one. The last thing that I want to touch on is why. 
Why do we want to change? Why do we want to be more positive? Thanksgiving is coming up if you're listening to this as it's being released. And so it's always good to kind of reflect on this type of mindset. But I already shared a little bit of my thoughts that being positive allows you to be more intentional about your life. It changes you from being a victim to being the creator of your life and your future. And remember, that's really what we're all about in the lifestyle practice. It's deciding first what you want your lifestyle to be. Who do you want to spend your time with? What do you want to spend your time doing? How much do you want to work? How much do you want to have time for hobbies or other areas of life? Decide this first. And when you have a clear vision of this, then we can start to create it. And ultimately, it's being a creator that's going to allow you to reach this. It's seeing that you can make this happen in your life because hundreds and thousands and probably even millions of people have done it in their life, have decided what kind of life they want to be, and then they've put everything in place to be able to get there. It brings less stress, better health, and allows you to enjoy the moments with your family and friends that you have. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope that you can begin to immediately practice these principles in your life and start to see the results. So thank you everyone for listening. Hope that you have a great week and we will talk to you next time.